Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. 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 Buds. I am Bud One, Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Bud Two, Christopher Ballard, Milwaukee Film. And today we are talking about The Incredibles 2. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. Why elephant? Mom's new job. And how, how did we get here? I'll tell you how you said on air last time we're going to, and we did not discuss that. <laughs> so you hijacked the show. Now, yeah. Well That's done. how you get what you want. Well played. Check. Incredibles 2 comes 14 years mm-hmm. after the original Incredibles 1, and it picks up right where it left off, which I absolutely love. Yeah. The last one ends up, it was like the, one of the first movies I remember being like, oh, there's going to be a sequel, and I'm excited. Yeah. And then we never got a sequel. Ends with The Underminer, and then this one starts with The Underminer. Literally does not miss a beat. Yeah. The plot of this one is yeah. a little more political, a little more Bureaucratic. It's about yeah, yeah, like, yeah. selling the Incredibles. So right, the Incredibles, right. it's illegal to be a super. Yeah. And then they, the Underminer comes back in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to get the public on on their right. side to bring superheroes back. Bob Odenkirk plays a big role. Which is a great, great voice choice. Great voice. Yeah, yeah, voice choice. We get new superheroes. Yeah. We get new villains. Yeah. And we finally get the sequel that we've wanted Four years. <laughs> that's right. What did you think, K-pop? Well, I wanted to say, that's why I brought up that you hijacked the show to mm-hmm. make sure, we, because I'm glad you did. Aha! Uh, I loved it. Yeah? I really loved it. Now, here's the thing. I usually like Pixar movies, though I'm never drawn to them. Like, if I happen to see a Pixar movie, I'm, I'm pleased that I saw it. Yeah. But it only once in a while am I like, oh, blew my mind. And this one was really, really great. And I I know I'd seen The Incredibles, but I, because my brain is dusty and smooth, I don't recall. <laughs> what, what, what were the high points for you? What what, what made it one, uh, incredible? It, well done, <laughs> Mr. Barney. Uh, I was sitting with a friend, and I'd say five minutes in, she goes, all uh, oh, the texture. <laughs> there is a lot of texture. And I noticed that right before she said that, I was like, the animation is impeccable. I mean, I feel like every time you see an animated movie, you're like, it's a little better, a little better. And I think it helped by seeing a whole bunch of DreamWorks trailers before the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is... I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, what is missing from these movies? And then you see the the texture and the depth and the weight of the animation, and it is super impressive. There are costumes you see. uh, There's also a a point at which they're sitting by a pool at night, and you got that light from the water hitting them you know how that and that is just it looked like photography right so that was impressive but also the sense of humor i like like the overall story is great but i like the little details and the little moments that they have just the little throwaway jokes Uh those are always the best bits for me see and i was disappointed in this movie what Yes. You know what? This is the last episode. I'm, so, I'm glad you. I'm glad you guys could join us for the last episode of Cinnabuds. It's so bizarre because I am the one that really wanted to do this movie. Would you think your expectations were too high? My expectations were were much through too the high. roof. <laughs> they they were very high. 
And uh, I thought that this movie was very predictable. Really? Okay. I went in and right away I was like, okay, uh, these are going to be the bad guys and these are going to be the good guys. And uh, I think that it was very much a sequel in that these Pixar movies, a lot of them are the the real – the best part of them is discovering the world, is Mm, discovering these characters, finding out their backstory, getting to know them. And you do all that in the first one and that was – I felt what made the first yeah. one great. And that's always the curse of the sequels right. that you don't have that to fall back on. And then the whole this whole one was kind of was about branding. Yeah. And I felt like that was a difficult like a difficult way to make yeah. it compelling. I thought that it was super obvious who the who the villains were yeah. and it just they, there was no emotional highs, no emotional lows and I left being disappointed. Wow. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. I think if you're going to have a predictable movie, and I didn't think, I mean, yeah, I also, like, at least halfway through was like, oh, it's one of those two that's the villain. You know, you kind of can guess. Yeah. And my friend said the same thing. So I don't disagree. But for a movie, like, I don't have the same expectations of what is essentially a kid's film, which Mm. we all know is not just marketed to kids it's marketed to everybody but it's essentially a kids film i'm not super concerned about like oh i yeah i'm gonna see some of it coming because it's a it's generally you know focused on kids but it has yeah yeah but it has all those elements and the humor in it i think kills and all the pixar's great at that their writers are usually really good Uh, but i the i laughed more at this one than any other yeah i hear that going i I feel that my expectations were very yeah yeah going in I read the biography of Walt Disney. <laughs> Not as prep. I also went to Disney World two weeks ago, so um, everything's yeah. high. But there was this part that I came out thinking of. So, yeah. in the first successful Disney animated film, yeah. I mean, was was Steamboat Willie. But uh, one of the one of the early successful ones was the Three Little Pigs, and uh, it was this huge. Box office success. It was wildly popular. Animation way worse. Animation way worse. <laughs> and uh, all the people came back and they said, "We want more pigs." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Walt Disney said, "He's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do sequels." Yeah. And uh, uh, but he did it reluctantly because there was such a demand for yeah. a sequel to this movie. And just like he thought it did not do well, it didn't. It was a disappointment all yeah. around. It underperformed, and he said, you can't top pigs with pigs. <laughs> and this became a mantra for Walt Disney forever yeah, was, was he never did sequels to any of his big hits because the sequel would always be disappointing. And I came out of this, and that was the first thing I thought of was, you can't top pigs with pigs. Please tell me when you were in Disney World, you got the t-shirt that says, <laughs> you can't top pigs with pigs. Just a downer through the whole oh, thing. man. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back. Incredibles 2. Yeah. Let's talk about the beginning. Sure. Uh, before we before we get into the uh, into the weeds about it, before the movie was a short film and yeah. it was incredible it was adorable and so if you are thinking hey maybe i'm gonna wait for the incredibles 
Justin kind of said that he was disappointed, so I'm yeah. not going to see but it. Christopher, in the who knows what he's talking about, <laughs> and was forced to watch this movie and then did like <laughs> because it of because of Justin. You should probably still the see short it. film is great, <laughs> and that was another thing where I I read the biography of Walt Disney. How many times can I just yeah, say? Yeah. Um, oh yes, I read Obol. Um, <laughs> my name is Justin, and I can read. <laughs> but uh, so Disney started by doing these these shorts before that would run before movies and so i think that's a great thing that they do before all the movies they have this little short that you can look forward to that you really only see in the theater unless you uh seek it out and this one was fantastic it was really good because it was very sweet it was very adorable it's essentially about empty nest syndrome yeah (laughs) yeah. a, a mother raises her adorable little child which is a dumpling that she's made that yes. turns into a baby which already so cute right and the baby way they dumpling. draw the figures with the giant heads Loved are um, just so cool looking love that just like filled the whole screen yeah and it was super they have a way of making something that is super cartoony yeah and yet super realistic right yeah which yeah. i don't understand yeah it's and, something to do with magic yeah see that <laughs> And then another thing that they did at the beginning of this was they had the characters come out. I like that, too. And they said they, it was like a little tiny bit behind the scenes. And they said, hey, sorry it took so long to make the sequel to this. Yeah. We had to work really hard, blah, blah, blah. And uh, It was uh, the actors. The so you see Craig, Craig Nelson and you see mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson and Holly Hunter on screen saying. And I was wondering if this is going to be a thing now. Yeah. There was a part of me that I really liked it, but there was also a part of me that just saw their faces instead of the Incredibles. Oh, yeah. See, it's kind of like behind, seeing behind the curtain too much, yeah. Right. It's like, I I was like, I, I would have liked that after because it kind yeah. of, it put their picture in front of me. Did well, you know? to be honest, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, Disney didn't have famous people doing the voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I remember when they made that switch... That always took me out of it a little bit. Like, I'm just going, who is that? And the whole time I'm, like, trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. And then if I figure it out, then I'm just thinking that the whole time. Yeah. That's Bob still right to – yeah, that's still to a degree still – that's still what happens. But I mm-hmm. understand stars have a cachet, so they use them. Right. But um, – so I to me – for me, it kind of w- wouldn't have mattered either way because already that just sort of is par for the course now. Yeah. I do like that they addressed the fact that it's ridiculous how long it's been since the original and they and they It has been long and I was yeah. there's a part of me that is like I'm glad that we got a sequel to this. There's a bit of me that felt like oh this is a Pixar cash grab in multiple ways. Oh, and yeah. doing a sequel is a bit of a cash grab. Sure. And also like we're just going to cash in on superheroes. Yeah. And because superheroes are hotter than they have ever been, right. and this is the time to do it, and they dropped it at just the right way. Well, I feel like they do. I feel like most. I mean, it's something that's unavoidable in that in the Hollywood industry, all those distributors that are like or, or producers that are. It is a business, and it's obviously a cash grab. That's nothing. None of that's new. Like there's sequels and reboots and remakes are rampant. I know. And generally, I try to avoid paying for them because I don't want to support it because there's I think no originality. That, and I, was, I came out and I was like, this is how they get you. This is why there are so many sequels because they are going to get their money no matter what. Right. It doesn't matter if the film is good or bad. Right. They, you're going to get a, a bunch of people that are coming out to see it. This movie got more pre-sale, the most pre-sales for an animated film yeah. ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Uh, um, 
And that's not based on how it is. And yeah. I was just like, well, this this makes sense that we're in this cycle of like you have to see the sequel. You're going to pay for it no matter what happens. Yeah. And then like I come out and I am yeah. I didn't love it. And uh, but you and know, they're going to do and they'll do another one. And they'll do another one. Yeah. And that's just like how this cycle yeah. happens. I will. I, and that's that's generally my my approach to sequels and such. It's, I'm usually uh, but since I was tricked. Yeah. Uh, again, into, <laughs> yes. into seeing this mm-hmm. one, I was actually, and I, I mentioned this before, really pleasantly surprised. See, my expectations were too high. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's go a little bit more into the movie and uh, the pitfalls of a sequel. Well, yeah, for well, me and the joys. Yeah, of it yeah. Well, you. first, I want to say I was very proud of myself because I saw some Easter eggs in the movie. Yes, which yeah, hit me with them. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, and if you don't want, notice. if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, I mean, these are minor little cute things that you can catch. But, uh, but I literally did not see a single. Thing. Oh yeah, well, the, they're small. But the ambassador. Um, there's a, a character, the ambassador in the film that uh, Elastigirl saves. Her name is something Selick. Her last name is Selick, and when she signs this uh, document, it, she signs it H. Her first initial is H. Selick. Wow. And I thought that can't be a coincidence because Henry Selick is the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach, and Coraline. And I mm-hmm. thought maybe this is like an animator's nod to him. So I wow. looked it up, and it was. It was intended to be a nod to Henry Probably, Selick. You're so smart. Oh well, I read. I can read too. <laughs> I read a book once in a while. And then there was also the music was all um, at the big uh, climax. It was definitely James Bond music or Uh-oh. James Bond esque. Yeah. Uh, I think it was directly James Bond music from James Bond. And then uh, my friend noticed that uh, there was bat music from Batman during a car chase where the they're using mm-hmm. what is essentially a Batmobile, but it's the like yeah Invisa car or whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> wow. But yeah, that, that was I fun. But there's a few more in there too. I was and looking that, them up. That, yeah. that is like the fun of Pixar. Yeah, is. Is catching those little things. references, That's how they and get you. yeah, yeah. But also, the I just want to say my highlight of the film was the baby wrestling with the raccoon. Oh god, that, that was sequence so good. was so funny. Yeah, and okay. Let's go into spoily dish here. Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil it too 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 much. Yeah, but so favorite parts for you? What? Let's do like highs and lows. Well, definitely. Like I said, the the baby, baby discovers the raccoon. Baby discovers his powers. Let me ask you a question. In the I don't recall the last movie very well. At the end, you see that the baby has powers, but do the parents know they have powers at the end of the first movie? No, I didn't think so. I had somebody who said that they thought they knew, and they were confused why. No, no, no. no. Yeah. They, so the the baby is discovered. The baby has like a number of superhuman of powers, cool powers, which is a lot of the comedy in the movie. Yeah, I I felt like this. First, I watched the first one, and Mr. Incredible is not a super likable character yeah. in either of them. He's yeah. just, like, super jealous, super about himself, yeah, yeah, unsupportive yeah. of his wife. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of hard to like. Well, I feel, I don't think he's. I don't think that's totally... He's supportive, but he's begrudgingly supportive. He does yeah. it, and he does a good job, and he learns about himself as any, like, somewhat real character should. But, yeah, he's... But he has... I think it's funny that he has that through line of like but i want to be the superstar mm-hmm. and i love that the film didn't make him the superstar elastigirl was the like the star of the show for a big portion of it and uh, i did i love elastigirl is the main hero the main villain mm-hmm. is i'm forgetting uh, what her name I was i kept thinking it was angelina jolie just mm-hmm. her face looked like her but uh angelina jolie from what i know is not animated the main villain is Catherine keener the there's like a new uh, uh, superhero Void. Yeah, there's a bunch of new superheroes. Yeah, she's Sophia Bush. Yeah. And uh, Edna's still there. So just like a very, 
very female heavy cast mm-hmm. that they they did without much pop and circumstance you know it wasn't like it yeah. didn't make it like hey look thing. what we're doing hey look what we're doing right yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like the best kind of way where it's just like it's there yeah and i i liked a lot of new characters but it just for me it felt like you knew that one of the two people who you just come to trust immediately yeah. is going to stab you in the back. Right. I mean, I thought that it was going to be both of them. It was just, it was right. just the one, but s- still. Yeah. And then all they make all the new superheroes bad because she controls them. And then they just like they just took all the goggles off right away. They, yeah. I mean, it, those plots are never really going to be a super struggle. Well, there's oh. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, they did discover the the obvious solution, which is just take their glasses off right. a little later. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> but I don't know the the intricacies of a plot of this kind of movie. I don't. It doesn't throw me because I don't expect it to be like Sixth Sense, where I'm like, <laughs> oh, I did <laughs> yeah, not I know, see I that coming. Yeah, but I did. Uh, I did love all the new. Um, superhero groups that they bring in and seeing all their powers play out in very funny ways and also uh, with the audience and I don't know how this happened with yours when one of them named Brick says he's from Wisconsin oh man people go crazy yeah they're like hey Hey, (laughs) excited and And of course you have Edna Moles who was uh, kind of like a surprise hero cameo in the first one yeah yeah was fantastic and then comes back and has uh you that know, was another, I'm glad they didn't overuse her. Yeah, I was she just had like a little to, segment. Had her moment. And that also got a big cheer in our audience, too. Yep. Everyone was like, hey! Everyone mm-hmm. was excited to see her. And she was very funny. Yeah. yeah. So, Incredibles 2, oh, Kate Bolly surprisingly I loved, loved it. it. I, I, I need to see the first one again to see if I like it better than the first. Oh. I was uh, surprisingly disappointed. I think a lot was due to the fact that I had so much hype yeah. around uh, seeing this. But you should see in the theater because it's got that great short before it. Yeah, those those kind of movies are great in the and theater. And they're just fun. I, you're not yeah. going to not like a Pixar movie. Yeah. I feel like I am just like with this brand and yeah. because <laughs> yeah. I'm down with the magic. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun things. All right. Next week, we are talking about Hereditary. Huge shift in tone. <laughs> very, very different. Yeah. Cinebuds is produced by Tyrone Miller. We get sonic inspiration from the License Lab with uh, support from your membership. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. You can subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes or anywhere that you find or listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Go see movies. Go see movies. movies.